In the run-up to an Ashes series, one of the favourite pastimes of cricket fans, journalists, ex-players and pundits is speculating who will be picked for the squad. Well, it's a nerve-wracking time for players in contention for a place, with their destiny resting in the hearts and minds of selectors. And there is a long and proud history of English and Aussie selectors making, to be polite, eccentric choices. I mean, I was informed that my selection for my first Ashes series might depend on losing the ponytail I was sporting at the time. It sounds ridiculous, but strangely enough, it was soon after Mike Gatting frog-marched me to the barbers to get it chopped off during a Middlesex game that I received my test call-up. One of my favourite selection stories occurred way back in 1890, when the Australia touring side included a Tasmanian fella called E.J.K. Byrne. He was a half-decent batsman, but for some reason the selectors chose him as wicket-keeper for the 1890 series. It was only during the voyage to England that they discovered that he'd never kept wicket in his life. If I'd been in burn shoes with the prospect of an all-expenses-paid trip to the other side of the world, I'd probably have kept my head down too, until my contract was signed and the ship a long way out of port. I can just imagine their first practice session on the ship. Where's your gloves, Byrne? Um. Luckily for Australia, they also had John Blackjack Blackham aboard. Blackjack had been regarded as the finest wicketkeeper in the world over the previous decade. He was known for keeping closer to the wicket than anyone else, and unlike many at that time, rarely bothered with a long-stop fielder to pace bowlers to back him up. Even though he was knocking on a bit, 36 years old by 1890, he showed he'd lost none of his sharpness on the tour, and luckily for Australia, Burns' wicket-keeping services were not required. The England selectors were in vintage form for the 1950-51 series. After the team got battered by Bradman's boys on his last tour in 1948, a selection committee was formed in 1949 to give them two years instead of the usual one to prepare for the return in Australia. The committee included no fewer than five MCC selectors and four test selectors, so there was plenty of manpower. Between them, they managed to do the sum total of bugger all until a couple of months before the series, at which point they thought they'd better find themselves a skipper. So they asked Yorkshire captain Norman Yardley if he fancied the job, and he told them he wasn't available to tour. They then tried George Mann, who also said no, because he was busy with his family's brewery business. Does anyone want to captain England? In the end, they leapt on all-rounder Freddie Brown, after he smashed a quick-fire century for the Gentleman V players at Lord's. Freddie had had a chance at captain in England before, but without success, and he certainly wasn't expecting the offer. He was actually booked to go on a slightly less prestigious cricket tour with the Northamptonshire Engineering Works team. Instead, aged 38, and despite modest averages with bat and ball in his previous nine tests, he found himself not only on an England tour again for the first time in 18 years, but in charge. With Freddie added to the selection committee, there was a grand total of 11 selectors. The non-touring England captain of that season was also on board. A team in itself to choose the 17-man squad, and one of the 17 was Freddie. The Aussies had a mere three selectors in comparison. Well, if nothing else, we were going into the series beating Aussie on sheer weight of selectors. But making decisions by massive committee proved to be, well, bizarre. Amazingly, Bill Edrich, England's leading batsman on the previous Ashes tour and an ace slipfielder to boot, was omitted.
Young Frank Lowson, who'd scored 2,000 runs during 1950 in only his second season for Yorkshire, was also left behind. His fielding was thought too weak, apparently. But a place was given to bowler John Waugh, who, in the words of the acclaimed author and journalist E.M. Wellings, had not begun to learn to field. And ahead of Lowson, the selectors also went for free Cambridge University students. Jack Hobbs predicted... We shall get a towels in in Australia. And a press critic said West Indies should be taking on Australia instead, as he couldn't see the point of sending another inadequate England side over to get stuffed again. Quite an achievement to choose a squad so weak that it made people think the Ashes contest should be completely scrapped. As it happened, led by big-hearted Freddie, England acquitted themselves reasonably well in the series, despite being outclassed. They bowled bravely, Minus Edrich, their batting lineup was fatally weakened.